message you're about listening to is a sermon by Bishop George Ajiman, the General Overseer of Winnish Chapel, Ghana. Be encouraged, inspired, and uplifted as he brings the word of life to your spirit and soul. I want to share with us what the purpose of prayer is and what power it contains. The purpose and the power of prayer and why it is required of you and I that we should pray with all earnestness and never to faint. Prayer is a kingdom activity. When we talk about prayer, we talk about man relating with his God. When you take prayer out of the kingdom of God, it becomes a mere religious activity. So I want you to understand that the subject of prayer is contained within the kingdom of our God and it is a link between God, the covenant giver, and man, the covenant keeper. Amen. The purpose and the power of prayer. In 1 Thessalonians and chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, there are three verses in that chapter that are so short, so straight to the point. Verse 16, just two words. Rejoice always. Always. Irrespective of whatever, rejoice. It is a kingdom demand. Outside of the kingdom, that statement may be dysfunctional. But within the kingdom, God expects that the believer rejoices always. And there are reasons. Because our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. So whatever situation you find yourself in, rejoice. And in rejoicing, you are connecting with your God who is able to do. Praise the Lord. Rejoice always. Don't look at the situation. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't look at what people are doing. Don't listen to what people are saying. Rejoice. Keep your focus on your God and rejoice. And that's all the verse. Rejoice always. That's all. Verse 17. Pray without ceasing. 
Keep the contact. Keep the breath line. As it were, it is your prayer that connects you to your heavenly Father. So keep breathing, just as mortals on earth keep breathing. The believer, as it relates to the kingdom, keeps praying. Pray without ceasing. There is no point telling you to breathe without ceasing because you know the consequences, don't you? If you don't know the consequences, when you go home, stop breathing for 30 minutes. Amen. So it does not need to be written that breathe without ceasing. It does not need to be written. In the same vein, it does really not need to be written that you should pray without ceasing. It keeps you connected. And that is what the apostle is emphasizing. And I pray God to help us to be able to explain why we must pray without ceasing. Verse 18 echoes 16 and 17. says, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. That's actually the verse. In everything, give thanks. Then he goes on to explain why. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. So three short commands. Number one, rejoice always. Number two, pray without ceasing. Number three, in everything, give thanks. If you do this, you will be alive. And the glory of God will reflect in your life because you are connected. Stay connected. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's look at the concept of prayer. Admittedly, prayer is one of the most misunderstood concepts in the kingdom. Honestly, scripture even confirms it. Most misunderstood, it is the most misapplied, and because of that, does not bring the kind of result that we expect. Why do many people not? get the expected answer because, one, it is not even understood what to pray and how to pray. And so people just go on and on and most of the times engage in religious activities. 
that has no bearing on the kingdom at all. I want to read a verse in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26. And now, if you have the amplified version, yes. Let's look at it in the amplified version. Romans, chapter 8, and verse 26. What does it say in the amplified version? It says, so too, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid because we don't even have the capacity to engage in it. So the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weaknesses or in our weakness as it concerns the concept of prayer. He continues, for we don't know what prayer to offer. We pray. But when you look at what actual, fervent, effectual prayer is, more often than not, we are marked What prayer is this? So scripture says, we don't know what prayer to offer, and yet we pray. Nor how to offer it. Prayer. For we don't know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. So the Holy Spirit comes and helps. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You would have thought that the very close disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ would know how to pray even as they observed and walked with him they would know. But at some point, they became perplexed and they asked the master, Master, teach us. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place when he seized one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us, not teach me, teach us the way you go about prayer. We don't have any idea. So teach us to pray. John also had to teach his disciples. So the subject of prayer needs to be taught. so that we can stay on course. Otherwise, we will engage in so many things and we will call it prayer, but scripture would mark it not up to. Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So that is what we are confronted with 
when we raise the subject of prayer. But the key thing is, even though many believers misunderstand and misapply the concept of prayer, yet it is the most important kingdom activity. So we must learn. It is the most important kingdom activity. Just as I said, pray without ceasing. On this earth, so long as you want to be relevant on this earth, you have to breathe without ceasing. <laughs> Amen. You can't get tired breathing. In the same way, in the kingdom, you can't get tired praying. Now, what is the purpose of prayer? John Wesley of time past, a great man of faith, a man who, who heard God and who led a big revolution in the church on earth here, John Wesley. On prayer, he made a statement and he said, listen carefully, if you can write it, write it. He says, it seems that without God, man cannot. And without man, God will not. End of quote. It seems that without God, man cannot. And without man, God will not. Now, what does that quote mean? Three things I want you to take note. On this earth, that's number one. On this earth, man cannot do anything without God. Jesus Christ said, without me, you can do nothing. This man he's talking about is the man that is in the kingdom. The subject of prayer, as I said, is contained within the kingdom. The believer cannot do anything without God. And how do I connect with God so that I will be relevant in prayer? So that is the first point we should take note of. On this earth, man cannot do anything without God. The second point I want you to take note, on this earth, God will do nothing without man. Hear that and write it. On this earth, as it relates to the kingdom, God 
will do nothing without man. You can imagine the whole nation of Israel locked up in Egypt under heavy oppression. Night and day, the children of God, the Israelites, cried unto the Lord. And it is written, God came down And when he got the attention of Moses, he said, I have seen the affliction of my people, my people. He said, I have heard their cry. And he said, I have come to deliver them. God, I have seen, I have heard, I have come. And yet he was sitting on top of the tree. The children of Israel were not sitting on top of the tree. They were in Egypt. The best God could do was to come down and talk with man. And you know what God said? He said, Moses, come. I will send you. Wow. You have seen. You have heard. You have come down. And yet, it is me that should go. Why? On this earth, God will do nothing without man. I will explain to you why. God could easily have killed Pharaoh and all his princes. God could easily make night to be so long and carry the children of Israel away from Egypt that by the time it's morning, they are not there. But you see, without man, God will do nothing. The third point in that phrase, it seems that without God, man cannot. And without man, God will not. The third point I want you to take note of, as far as the kingdom is concerned, what happens on this earth depends on man. Please, if it's tingling in your ears, shake your ears. As far as the kingdom of God is concerned, what happens on this earth here depends on man. I will explain. What is the link of prayer to these three points? The three points quickly on earth, man cannot do anything without God. 
on this earth, God will do nothing without man. On this earth, what happens on this earth as far as it relates to the kingdom depends on man. Now, let me make progress. According to Dr. Miles Monroe of Blessed Memory, Dr. Miles Monroe, on prayer, he gave a very simple definition. I want you to write it. On prayer, he said, prayer is an earthly license for a heavenly interference. Write it. Prayer is an earthly license for a heavenly interference. What is the meaning? Number one, the most powerful creature on this earth is the human being. Is there anyone in this auditorium here that is not a human being? You know you are not a human being. We won't get. Who is a human being? In Genesis chapter 1, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God in counsel in the heavens arrived at a conclusion, a decision, and they said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Genesis 1.26. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. Male and female created he them. So man takes after God. John chapter 4 verse 24. John chapter 4 verse 24. God is spirit. And everyone that worships him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So my question to you this morning is, who is man? And I expect you to tell me, God, man is spirit just like God. Will you be correct? Will you be correct? If I ask you, do you have a spirit? What would be your answer to me? Let me start all over again. I just made a statement. 
Man is spirit just as God is. Did, for some of you clapped. Then I said, do you have a spirit? Eh, why? You don't have a spirit. No! You can never have a spirit. You are! You get the point? See, these little, little things impact on our prayer. Do you have spirit? No, I am a spirit that lives in this earthly flesh. You don't have spirit. If you say you, are, you have spirit, then it means you are flesh. And then you have, you get the point. No, 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 you are spirit. And then you have flesh. Why am I saying that God said, let us make man, is God spirit? Is God spirit? Were you made in his image? Were you made in his likeness? So therefore you are a spirit? No, let me hear you say yes. So therefore you are a spirit? Not that you have a spirit, but you are a spirit. You are now, the thing about this earth is that spirit beings are illegal if they want to operate on this earth. They don't have the authority to operate. The earth is made of earth, and it is only earth-related beings that can operate on this earth. But look at man. Man is spirit, made in the image after the likeness of God. So how is man going to operate on this earth. It's a big issue. A very big issue. How is man going to operate on this earth? God quickly saw that and then provided the solution. And in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, what did he do? He formed an earthly jacket. That earthly jacket he formed is the one going to give authority to the man to operate on this earth. Praise God. Let me tell you the truth. It doesn't matter how much you love God. The moment you step out of this, your earthly body, you are illegal on earth. True or false? The moment you step out of this earthly body that you are seeing, the one we call flesh and blood and bones, the moment you, because you are spirit, all right, the moment you step outside of this flesh, you know what we will do? We'll carry the flesh and dump it somewhere because you have left. And let me tell you the sincere truth. You can never operate on this earth again. 
because it is only human beings that can operate on this earth. Only humans. The spirit being that has the license to operate on this earth. And that license is what? That license is what? That license is what? That license is what? You are coming strong. What license is that? The flesh, the body. Listen. Listen. (laughs) One day, Satan is spirit. Lucifer is one of the angels of God. Then he rebelled and he came down. But then he is spirit. So he can't do anything on this earth. All right? When Lucifer saw that God had made a garden and had put man and had put woman, he wanted to come and disrupt. But Lucifer is spirit. He can't do anything. So he came and then he saw serpent. Say serpent. You you have a body to operate on this earth here. I don't. So let's cut a deal. Give me your body. I will enter and I will talk to this woman and derail her. So as we all know, the serpent came and deceived. The serpent wasn't made a deceiver. But the devil entered into him and then threw the body of the serpent, man fell. Thank you for listening to this sermon by Bishop George Ajuman. We hope you have been blessed. To get more of this podcast, log on to our website, www.winnersghana.org. You can also follow his handle at Bishop George Adjerman on Facebook and SoundCloud. God richly bless you.